Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on, from the technical to the emotional, and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode, and if you haven't already, please give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome. I'm a game developer, like you, I assume, if you're listening, and as game developers, one of the most anxiety-inducing questions we tend to ask ourselves is, how much progress should I have made at this point in development? And it's no mystery why. We are constantly flooded with other devs' progress and how fast they got it done. I see that everywhere, right? So how much progress should you have made, really? Well, I'm not going to tell you now. It's the beginning of the episode. Grab a coffee or a tea if you're one of those people. (laughs) There are a few key factors to consider first, so let's get right into it. And be sure to stick around to the end, because if you do, I'll be sure to give you some tips to help you progress your game just a little bit faster. So let's talk about workflow differences. My first question for you is, how do you like to work? There's literally a million ways to get anything done, and some work styles are more efficient than others, but there's certainly no wrong way to get things done. So, what's your style? Some people like to really try to be perfect one thing at a time, and then move on to the next thing on their list. Some people will handle chunks of content in multiple waves and not really care about perfection the first, second, or even third iteration sometimes. Some people jump from one random thing to the next, and then they won't even be remotely connected. Level design, rain particles, bug fixes, new enemy, remake old art, add animations to your menu. None of these are wrong, okay? There are pros and cons, though, and we'll get into a little more of that later. Next is what kind of project are you working on? What genre? Are you working in 2D, 3D, VR, AR? If you are making a 2D puzzle game, you really should not be comparing yourself as a developer to a developer making a first-person shooter. I've never worked on a puzzle game, but I would imagine that puzzle games take a lot of planning and a lot of different iterations before you get that perfect balance of like just enough of a challenge, but also making it hard enough that the player feels smart after figuring out the solution for themselves. So you could work on a puzzle for a whole day and literally scrap everything you did that day, and then you've made no progress that day. I'm sure that it happens. Now, if that was you and you saw a first-person shooter devlog come out showing all the progress from their first day of development, you're going to feel really discouraged, right? You can get a first-person shooter controller slapped onto a model and implement some shooting mechanics really, really fast, especially if you're using assets. You can get it done in minutes. And then this little voice in your head is going to be like, hey, look, that guy got his core mechanic done on his first day. What the hell is wrong with me, right? But It's apples and oranges. You can't compare them. First-person shooter developers have so many things to worry about that 2D developers don't have to, by the way, and vice versa as well. I hope I'm not triggering any first-person shooter devs out there. I know that that genre is not easy. I remember a video by Thomas Brush that came out. He's my future best friend, by the way. He just doesn't know it yet. But he has a really good video talking about how hard the first-person shooter genre is. And if you want some validation and an entertaining watch, then I'll leave a link down below to that video in the description. Okay, so different types of projects progress at different rates. So let's talk about daily time spent, right? Because before pausing to work on Samurado, I had been working on Veil of Maya for a year. So how far did I come in a year? Well, 
I'll tell you one thing, it's really not nearly as far as I would have liked. I quit my job to start this studio, but as time has gone on, we've moved from just devlogs to devlogs, tutorials, and all sorts of other game dev videos, and that all takes a lot of time. We publish two videos per week, and we have really high standards for quality, so that means my dev time has gone from five days a week literally to two days a week. And that's just YouTube. I'm not counting the podcast or Patreon or anything else. All of that stuff takes time. I can't get as much done as I would like in just two days a week. So many of you are part-time, and so if you have maybe an hour here and there to work on your game, then why would you compare yourself to someone who has way more time for development than you do? All that's going to do is make you feel bad about your work. If you have an hour a day, it's gonna take a while to finish your game. That doesn't make you a bad developer, it's just realistic. Now your experience level and willingness to learn new things come into play here too. So most game developers that I know are self-taught. I don't actually know anyone who went to school for it. And when you're self-taught, there's no standardization. The only limit to what you know is yourself. The number of years of experience, honestly, I don't even think matters that much because a lazy developer who does what he knows and doesn't really step outside of that too much is going to be miles behind a newer developer that just wants to absorb as much as they can. So how much experience you have and your willingness to improve your skills while working on your project will determine how fast your project comes together. Motion versus action. So this is a whole topic in and of itself, but another thing that will determine the speed that you manage to develop your game is what actions you are taking on a daily basis. And I'm not talking about sitting down on your computer to, you know, quote unquote, do work on the game. That's obvious. If you don't sit and code, the game will not get done, period. What I'm talking about is being in motion versus taking action. Motion involves things like strategizing and planning or taking courses and learning new things. Now, action is the things that actually get the game made, creating new art, coding new mechanics, designing enemies, creating levels. For a game developer, taking action means you are creating content for your game. So, and let me just set one thing straight. Both are necessary. Motion and action are both necessary. I don't want to spread the wrong message. You need to plan your game. You need to strategize how you want to market it. And you need to learn new things in order to improve as a developer. The problem is that so many of us, without realizing it, can get a little stuck in motion, but we aren't actually accomplishing anything meaningful in our games, meaning we are taking the wrong actions. And by the way, this is not your fault that this happens. It's just a self-protection mechanism that your subconscious mind will trick you into doing if you're not paying attention. If you're a game developer, some little part of you is probably scared to release your game, right? Because you're going to ask yourself, what if people hate it? What if it's a flop? What if it's a massive success and I can't handle the attention? What if people say I just copied another game? You know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. You want your game to succeed, obviously, but some little part of you is scared to release your game because there's a whole world of what-ifs and unknowns, right? And when you're scared, you're human, you have a human mind, they all work the same on a psychological level. When you're scared, you will suddenly start finding all of these amazing ways to avoid anything that's actually productive, anything that will actually propel your game closer to being done. 
And it can be easy to think, I took a course today. I learned some new code. I had a great productive day. That's fantastic. If your goal was to learn something new that day, but if your goal was to work on your game that day, then you did nothing to get you closer to your goals that day. There's a time for motion and a time for planning and learning not to let subconscious fears dictate our productivity is something that takes time and effort, but mostly just being aware of what the heck is going on in that head of yours and distinguishing the difference between conscious thoughts and subconscious reactions that just pop up on their own. So let's talk about what doesn't matter, and that's motivation, okay? This is not a point, this is an anti-point, and it probably runs contrary to what you've been told or what other people will tell you. Motivation should have zero factor in how much work you get done on a day-to-day basis. Motivation is not a long-term solution to anything. When I think about motivation, I consider it a mood, and moods come and go. There will be days where you wake up and you are excited as hell to work on your game, and there will be days where you would rather spank your own ass on camera (laughs) for the whole internet to see, which I have done, than work on your game, right? So let me put it this way. If you are waiting for motivation to work on your game, your game will probably never get done, or it'll take much longer to finish than you want. You could go to a motivation seminar and get yourself all pumped up and feel like you have the energy to take on the world. But a few days after you get home, you're going to go back to normal and nothing will have changed. I'm not saying it's useless. I'm not saying motivation is useless. It's very useful. And if you do feel motivated, then get your ass to work right away because you will be more productive when you're motivated. I promise you that. I'm just saying it's fleeting. You don't need motivation to get your game done. What you need are the right habits, and habits are something that can be formed. You can break bad ones, create new ones, and use them to get your game created faster. So, how much progress should you have made with your game by now? Your game has progressed exactly as much as it should have. No more and no less, okay? Unless you are a AAA studio that churns out the same game with a fresh coat of paint each year, then literally no one knows how long it's going to take you to make your game. You are a unique developer with a unique set of skills, experience, and habits working on a very unique game. And comparing yourself to other developers will never make you feel good. It's a waste of energy and causes you stress for no reason. I hope that this podcast helped you see that, even if it's just a little bit. I truly, truly believe that we can sometimes be our own biggest obstacles to doing the things that we want ultimately to do. And you can't help it when you compare yourself to others, right? That's a human thing to do, and it's ingrained in you very, very deeply. But when that annoying voice that makes you feel like you are never doing enough chimes in and says, look at that guy, he's progressing so fast, what the hell is wrong with you that you are so slow. When that happens, when you hear that voice, remember that you've done your best work. How are you supposed to do better than your best? With that being said, we all want to progress just a little faster with our games, so I do want to give you some tips just based on what has helped me. So when you're working, ignore your phone and Discord notifications and everything else. Turn them off if you have to. You cannot do your best work when you're being distracted, and phones and Discord are very distracting. I read somewhere that your mind can linger up to 20 minutes on previous tasks before regaining full concentration on the new thing that you're doing. So if you are constantly going back and forth between working and using your phone, you are literally never 
operating at 100% efficiency. Another thing, brain dump any issues with your game. I use Trello as a to-do list, but also as a place to just dump any and all ideas I have or problems that I find with the game. You don't have to fix a bug as soon as you discover it, and I know a lot of people will tell you that you absolutely should, but that's just their opinion. Especially if you're in a really good flow with whatever it is that you're working on, you don't have to drop what you're doing to fix a bug. No one says you have to. If you're in a good flow and you're working on something, then write down the bug somewhere so that you don't forget. And honestly, doing that alone will really help keep the stress level down because now it's out of your head, it's on a list somewhere, and you know that it's going to get taken care of eventually. Doesn't have to get taken care of right now, but I mean, if it's a game-breaking bug, maybe you do want to, like, whatever it is that you want. On days you were having a lot of trouble making yourself sit down to work, then only make yourself work for 60 seconds. I swear, once your PC is on and your engine is open, work with all your energy and attention for just 60 seconds. And if you do this almost every time, <laughs> I won't say every time, but almost every time, you won't mind continuing. When I'm upstairs doing not work things, whether I'm watching TV or doing whatever, going downstairs to work almost always sounds like the worst thing. But once I'm downstairs, I'm on my computer, my brain just kind of switches gears and the worst is already behind me. You can try the Pomodoro technique. And put simply, that just means 25 minutes of work, then a five minute break, literally no distractions. And you can Google that Pomodoro technique for a full explanation, but it is based on scientific research and has been proven to make people work much more efficiently. Another thing you can do is figure out how to make working easy and attractive for you. I have a literal chest of chocolate bars in my office, and I get to eat one every time I finish one of my Unity tutorials, which is one a week. And that's small, but it adds a little excitement to finishing up my YouTube videos and making sure that I pump one out every week. And that might not be a good solution for everybody, especially if like getting off of junk food is a habit that you're trying to get out of. This is just an example. I'm just saying anything that can help make forming a good habit attractive to you might not be a bad thing. What about your workspace? Do you have an office? Is it messy? Would keeping it clean make it more attractive to go down to your office? Do you work in your dining room when your kids are running around and screaming? Maybe there is a quieter place in your home to do your work. Keeping a to-do list by your computer and work on only those things before moving on to other things. That way you don't need to waste mental energy figuring out what to do next. This will help you separate those motion versus action activities that we discussed earlier. Ensure you have action items on your list that will literally move the game forward. Strive for progress over perfection. The more progress you make, the better you are going to feel. Consider every new mechanic you add, every new level, enemy, puzzle, whatever, consider it a rough draft. You're going to edit it later and make it nice, but you need to get your rough draft done first. That's all I got. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much.